when you walk onto the pitch and you know there's a risk that you're actually going to be living a way that Jesus does not want you to carry on living because he wants you to be kind and generous and thoughtful and humble and respectful when you don't feel like it. Mm. If he has begun a good work in you and he is going to carry it on to completion, why not let him deal with you Mm. in the place where you are weak Mm. and you can get stronger? Mm. Great. Welcome back to Christian Support Podcast. Uh, Podcast, we want to wrestle with questions about what it looks like um, to love sport. We love sport. We love playing sport. We love being involved in the world of sport. Uh, but what does that look like as a Christian? Is it any different to, to life as those people who don't believe? So Christians in Sport podcast, that's what we're doing. This is a question we get regularly. We get it asked in different ways. Um, competition. Um, can I be competitive in a Christian? Is competition wrong? What about wanting to win? Is wanting to win, wanting to beat somebody else? Is, that, is there an issue around that? Um, what about whether you become a Christian? Do you lose your competitive edge? Does it just make you soft? Um, there can be a temptation to withdraw from people. They don't want to play sport because they just see it brings out what they would say is the worst in them, maybe. Um, Daniel's with me. Graham Daniels is with me. What's at the heart of this issue of competition? Well, you're going to have to probe me a bit on this, uh, Reedy, I reckon, because the first thing that comes to mind when you introduce the conversation like that is really basic stuff. You know, when you're a competitive kid, let's call it sporty then because of competitive. Mm. When you're a sporty kid and there's no one to play with, I don't know, and you get your tennis racket out and you you bash the ball against the wall or your soccer ball, in my case, uh, as a kid, you can do that for a while in the boring summer holidays. But you know what? You don't want to be doing it all day. You're waiting for somebody to show up so you can go down the tennis court and have a proper game. Mm. Uh, And so if competition means... uh, stretching yourself against somebody, you can't do sport on your own all the time. Mm. And equally, we all know the feeling, the exhilarating feeling of winning comfortably, being so far ahead with a few minutes to go, you're done. What a great feeling. I've uh, only once in my life played in a team in a league where you won all the time as a kid. And you won by seven goals in soccer or something. Absolutely boring. Team is rubbish. Mm. Morale is low. And flip it. And I've been in a few of these, but I'm I'm joking. I mean, extremes, you know, where you're losing in football terms, 8-0 every week. Mm. So on the most elementary level, it's a human level. Playing on your own, demotivating. Winning all the time, demotivating. Losing all the time, demotivating. There's something about competing, competition, doing it with others mm. to bring the best out of you, to challenge you. Or else it's not sport. Yeah. So define it positive. Then we kind of looked at what's not yeah. competition. What's not good about it? Yeah. When something lacks competition. Yes. Yeah, good. Deathly dull. Yes. Um, spin it the other way. Then you, yeah. you said what it's not. What is it? Yeah. So uh, good. So I I think what it is. Let's do some word definition etymology. Let's do the word <laughs> competition. Is from two Latin words, com, with or together, mm. pater, to strive. To strive together, striving together. It's doing, so, it's not good or bad that, it's striving together, mm. pushing each other to get better. So I guess back to, to, to the point there, if you're winning seven or losing seven all the time in soccer, when it's three, two, four, two, two, one, one all, now 
it gets more out of you. Mm. You're being pushed by somebody and you're pushing your opponent. Mm. There's a sort of evenness about this, which is slightly more challenging in life. Mm. So it literally means to strive together. Um, another word we use is contest, con, test. Now, interestingly, the word originates uh, in Greece uh, in the New Testament period, before the New Testament period. Mm. The Olympics were invented in Greece and yeah. started in Greece. Uh, the actual word used in Greek that's translated contest or fight sometimes <laughs> in English, in vernacular, is agon, agoni. <laughs> so the word for contest, sometimes metaphorically battle or mm. fight, used in the New Testament, is agon. So the original meaning of agon is challenge, stretch, striving, competing. Mm. No, it's a rich word. It's not a good or bad word. It's just rich. It's stretching you to your uttermost. It's a challenge. It's a neutral word. Mm. And we see it, and this would be a justification for it in some ways. We do, we see Paul talk about it. I've fought the good fights. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith that fight that agon. Same yeah, word. Correct. Um, but we don't want to say it's a biblical concept necessarily, or do we? Well, I, I, I think. That's a good point. Uh, look, we, we know what it is. It's a concept used in the Greek language mm. for the Greek Olympics, mm. for the competition or contest. Mm. Paul happily, gladly, more than once uses the metaphor of sport and the Olympics. Mm. And he gladly says, even in the last letter that we know he wrote to Timothy chapter two, to Timothy chapter four, you just quoted, mm. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith good fight, as he said, is agon. Mm. So if in the last chapter of the last letter that we know he ever wrote, potentially ever wrote before he was executed, mm. he's using the metaphor, the picture mm. of contest, mm. compete to finish the Christian life. So clearly it's not a bad concept or he's not using it in that way. Mm. Right. So is in the question we keep getting asked is, is often phrased in the negative. Yes. Uh, it, it seems to be that maybe somebody said to somebody, now you're a Christian, what are you doing playing that sport? It brings out the worst in you or competition, beating somebody else, making somebody else feel bad about themselves after mm. you've lost. That's not good. Competition is bad. You seem to be saying here, there's, there seems to be some sort of, there's a neutrality, there's a neutralness about the concept. It's not neither good nor bad competition or that, that fight, that ag on that strike. No, I'm definitely saying that. So you're right. And others, of course, may be listening now wanting to push me further. I'm certainly saying the concept is a neutral one. Yeah. If anything, it's erring on the positive. <laughs> this is about stretching, challenging, probing, pushing mm. in sport towards excellence towards improvement, towards better. Mm. That's how the concept works. It's a sporting, secular mm. concept. Look, look, as we edge our way towards this, <laughs> you just said something that, you know, it brings the worst out of me. <laughs> I've spent many years working with elite athletes and indeed with university athletes and young athletes. Mm. And for those who are old enough, which is increasingly fewer, uh, <laughs> I remind them of a famous old film called Four Weddings and a Funeral. Uh, <laughs> It's only the mid nineties. It's not too old. Okay, Johnny. Well, you're all right on it. We can it. get away that I'm yeah. okay on it. Yeah. But. <laughs> but I'll switch it for people who know it. And I say, you know what sport's like? It's yeah. actually like four funerals and a wedding. Because <laughs> the truth is, mm. in sport, 
most of your sporting life, when you're actually playing it, you're disappointed. <laughs> you know, you don't play as well as you should in the team one. Yeah. Or you play okay and you feel decent about that, but the team lost. Yeah. Uh, you're on a bad run. You're, you're injured. You're not playing. Actually, for every one wedding, there's probably four funerals in this one. <laughs> but the weird thing is, <laughs> when the wedding comes, mm. it's worth every funeral in sport, right? Mm. So before we get into the, the challenge of should you play if it makes you angry and so on, before we get there, mm. let's be real about this. In a fractured world mm. with fractured human beings, it will often, the competition, the agon will often bring the worst out of us. And much of the time it does, but we all know the sheer unadulterated joy of when it brings the best out of us, when we love our teammates, when we've played a really tight game. Forgive the football thing in me, part of me, but you, you've lost 4-3 or won 4-3. The final whistle blows. You're exhilarated or down, but there's not despair because mm. you played so well and lost or you're massively humble. You played so well, so did they, and you nicked it and you're humbled by it. Mm. There's something so wedding-ish mm. about those moments that I think it can enhance the human experience. And I think God put that capacity mm. for relationships with other people to stretch the talents he gave us to the uttermost. And I think that can be a very positive yeah, thing. Yeah, so, let, so let's go there. Because I think first, first 10 minutes of this conversation, in some senses, you could have heard in any podcast about sports, couldn't you? Um, yes, definitely. We can listen to any of the top podcasts that they'd have this conversation. You can imagine Matthew Side having this conversation about sports and about children. Great conversation. But with the Christians in Sport podcast, we get sport is great, even though it is four funerals and a wedding. If you're listening to this, you, you probably get that. You feel that. Your, your mind's gone there. You're imagining yourself last Saturday night uh, having lost the game, and but still felt I did okay all the other way around. So help us, help us pin this down into sort of uh, the gospel principles behind it or what, why we're saying this is, this is not only neutral, but we think competition is great for, for Christians to be stuck in with. It's never quite a binary. I think the risk we face when trying to analyze something about Christian experience mm. is acting as if normal experience is almost completely unrelated yeah. to being a Christian. What God clearly does, he makes men and women, he says, in his own image and his likeness, male and female, he creates us. And the Genesis narrative is clear that two of the things he does with us is that he makes us, he gives us gifts or talents to cultivate the earth and keep it. Hmm. And he makes us relational. It's not good to be alone. Hmm. So what we have to unpack here is that for every human being on the planet who's involved in sport, who is stretched in the agon of the heat of competition, it can create a, a wonderful exhilaration, a wedding feeling of mm. taking your talent and competing with others in relationships or with your teammates and thinking that was a good hour and a half, that was. Mm. Or that was painful, but I'll go again next week. That was good for me. Mm. And at the end of one's career, one always thinks, oh boy, I love my sport so much. Mm. 
it's not as if that's one half of life and then there's the Christian thing. No. But when you meet Christ, I think that common grace, as we might call it in, in Christian theology, mm. becomes a special grace. It becomes something more special. Great. So, Dano, is it, it seems what you're saying, and I get you're saying, well, all humans made in God's image, not just those who, who follow Christ, all humans made in God's image, which means they, they get given certain talents. They all are in, in relationship in which to, to live in this world. That, that's true whether you're a Christian listening to this podcast or you're not yet a Christian listening to this podcast. But what's in the implication for a Christian when it comes to this topic of competition particularly? Yeah. Working, Christ coming to live in you and learning to integrate your life with Christ at the centre is what being a Christian is about. Mm. Now, if we chunk this right down, Johnny, there are very few places where we tend to be in our lives, i.e. most of us are in family relationships, mm. child of parents, brother or sister, partner, husband, wife, so on. Most of us have home relationships. Pretty much all of us have work relationships, yeah. which takes up a big chunk of our lives. Then we'll have hobbies, friends, neighbours, hobbies, and a church life if you're a Christian. Mm. So actually, really, there's only four or five big chunks of your life, if you like, if you, mm. if you chop up a week mm. where you spend time. Mm. Now, the question is then, how and where is Jesus, by his spirit <laughs> living in you, going to change you more and more into his likeness in the way you, you use your talents mm. and your relationships? Because that's where you spend your life. It's either out-and-out out relationships, family, or talent and relationships, work, mm. hobby, life. And I presume the, the question in some ways comes, and it's a question we've had before, of great family, family relationships, great, you can see those there. They're pretty clear within the Bible is a good thing. Yes. Good thing. A natural thing. In some ways, there's no way around them. Yes. We're going to have those. Yes. Um, work, with I talk about work, I, I think most people would sit and go, yeah, I can get that that work can be a good thing for me, a place I develop, a place I grow, a place I can become more like Christ. I live in that place. Yeah. Some people listening to this sport will be their work. Yes, so of course. There's a nuance there, definitely. That's clear. A number of people listening to the yes. podcast will be that. But for some people where it is, it, for quote unquote, a hobby, yeah. similar to what it'd be for me, Yes, train once or twice a week, play on a Saturday. Um, I presume the question could quite easily come... Um, you can't get rid of your family relationships yeah. generally. Yeah. Your work, we're called yeah. to work and work is a good thing and a necessary thing for, for most of us. Yeah. If your sport makes you, brings out the worst in you. Yeah. If a competition of sports, so I, I just think for me, I don't know how many hours in a week, but one hour, one hour Saturday, I'm normally relatively respectful to those in authority over me or those I'm in relationships with. Give me a bad umpire at hockey on a Saturday. And I'm fighting every inclination within my heart to, to not disrespect them, to not snipe about them to my teammates, to not complain about them to their face, mm. stuff you would, which would be frowned upon in any other environment, basically. Mm. I presume the question can, well, just, just withdraw from that situation then. Yeah. If the competition, we're talking about competition, if competition yeah. does that to you, yes. as much as it's fun, as much as it's good, as much as it, you can get a wedding out of it every once in a while, yeah. if it brings that out of you, then that's, 
that's dishonoring to the Lord, so just get out of it. Yeah. And hey, you now have to take each case at a time. I'm sure you're not that desperate, but uh, <laughs> you'd have to, or you might get a I'll sack. Hope, I hope not. <laughs> uh, but, but, but I'm never going to say in an interview like this mm. when we're not, because there are pastoral issues here. Yeah. And for some people, you really do need to stop playing. Mm. So let's be clear about that. It, mm. If it really is desperate, mm. you actually may need to withdraw. Mm. So I want to say that loud and clear. But the key principle in my mind here, we could take it from lots of places in the New Testament, but Paul in Philippians writes this to a church that he loves and, and is flourishing and on its way. And he writes in chapter one, verse six, he who began a good work in you will carry it through to completion until the day of Christ, until Jesus comes again mm. or you die. Mm. Jesus begins a work in us when we accept him as our Lord and Savior. Mm. And when we entrust him as our Lord and Savior with our lives, his spirit comes to live in us. Mm. And the promise of the New Testament is that he's begun the work and he will Definitely, not might, mm. he will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Now, now let's link this to sport, contest, agon, mm. competer. For me, I want to say I was wired as a kid to run, jump, kick. Mm. So much pleasure is achieved in the wedding and the despair of the funeral mm. and the joy of the wedding of being. A, a young man who had talents, who built loads of relationships through to my late fifties because of God's gift of sport to me. And millions of us believe we were born mm. wired up like this. When Jesus comes to live in people like this, they have to start to learn to integrate their new birth in Christ and the new presence of the spirit in them into the world where he has given them gifts to build relationships. Mm. So you can look on it as a negative mm. or an opportunity. <laughs> if he has begun a work in me, he will carry it on to completion mm. until the day of Christ. Paul picks up on this in chapter two. He says in chapter two, this is what Jesus was like. He gives them an example of a servant leader. And then he says to them, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling when you walk onto the pitch and you know there's a risk mm. that you're actually going to be living a way that Jesus does not want you to carry on living because he wants you to be kind and generous and thoughtful and mm. humble and respectful when you don't feel like it. Mm. If he has begun a good work in you and he is going to carry it on to completion, mm. why not let him deal with you mm. in the place where you are weak mm. and you can get stronger? Mm. And in chapter 2, verse 12, he says, Graham, Dano, continue to work out your salvation. Get a grip of it. Mm. Work it out mm. with fear and trembling. You were probably nervous when you think I'm going to be cross with the ref again. And then he says this in verse 13. You take responsibility for this with knocking knees, mm. fear and trembling. Mm. For, verse 13, chapter 2, Philippians, it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Mm. He who began a good work and you will carry it through. He will. Therefore, with fear and trembling, work out your salvation. Mm. Where? Mm. In the place where you feel, you know, I'm vulnerable. Mm. Lord, 
please help me by working out your salvation that I might do your will with this umpire. Mm. Now, what about the contest, the agon, mm. the competer for you mm. as you pray at church with your home group, mm. as you ask God in prayer before the game and ask friends to pray for you. And in the end of a season, you say, oh Lord, you gave me the gift to play. You gave me people to play with and against. You gave me officials to respect. Thank you, Lord, mm. that you have worked out your salvation in me. Mm. I think the key, and the key thing here is it, it's that salvation being worked out, not necessarily like you, you talked about in a vulnerable place, not in a safe place. I, I, I presume we'd be going, and it's why in some ways we exist to Christians in sports. We want to encourage people not to just play in a safe space. Don't just play the Christian mates. Play with those who do not necessarily know Christ and, and become more like Christ in that place because we're not called to just spend all our time in a bubble, in a safe place, in, just in church 24 hours a day. We're called to go out into the world. And so it makes logically sense. We sit in Philippians. God will work in us in those places, just like we'd go to a, a workplace or um, go down to the pub with our mates. These are all opportunities for us to be growing to become more like Christ in those places. Without a doubt. We're almost going out where we came in. Listen, mm. if God wired you up with talent to play and said, there'll be other people who you'll play on the same team with or compete against with this talent I've given you, you're made in my image. Mm. I've begun a good work. Let me complete it. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling because it is me who is at work in you mm. to will and to act according to my good pleasure. You could say, very nice, Lord. But you know what? I'm going to do the equivalent of hitting a ball against the wall on my own. Thanks mm. very much. Mm. I'll work out my salvation with fear and trembling mm. all the time mm. in a church building. Because I presume that the question, other question we've had come in a few times has been, well, um, what happens when sport becomes my, my idol and the competition of it becomes my idol too much? And we're not going to touch on all of this today because no. there's an episode we could do on that. Yes, definitely. And we will do it. But at the same time, the, the logical outworking of that would be, well, fine, but what if money is your idol? Are you just not going to spend any money ever? Correct. You're just going to throw away your bank cards? Yes, correct. But just just because something is is a, is tricky or a, a struggle or a temptation does not necessarily mean we have to withdraw. It We might need to, but it doesn't necessarily mean we have to because it can be a place where God can really use by his spirit to, to equip us to become more like him and to continue to do that good work in us. It's You've nailed it down. Mm. There... If you had to withdraw, if it was a matter of routine, that if you know Christ as your Savior and Lord, that you have to withdraw from everywhere <laughs> where there is a challenge because you know you might well do the wrong thing here, the ungodly thing, you'd probably have to stay in your house all the time. And indeed, you probably couldn't stay in your house because you do ungodly things there. <laughs> So you're going to live in the desert or go and live up a tree somewhere and become a monk in Alexandria mm. in the third century. Yeah. Uh, and in the end, you just better get back to glory quick because you're such a sinner. Mm. So clearly that you, you can make it look absurd to withdraw. And I want to keep saying that if it is such a desperate thing that you ask, you know it's so wrong that you, the way you behave with money or mm. sex or power or sport, that you may need to withdraw for a season mm. or forever for that matter. Mm. You know, you'd never encourage alcoholics to go to the pub. No. So, of course, there are boundaries. But, but I think this is the personal conscience issue. 
if you know you are wired up to play mm. and if you know that it builds amazing relationships, but you know that with funeral and wedding analogy, that there's pain in sport and frustration. See, Johnny, if you were winning at hockey all the time with ease, you'd never get across with the umpire. So it shows that you're in an agon. Mm. So you're playing at a level which stretches you. Mm. Otherwise you'd be relaxed, dead relaxed Mm. because it's easy, Mm. right? You're in the intensity of it. And if over the course of your career so far, you have become more patient, more generous Mm. in pressure situations, then you can say with confidence, he who began a good work in you is carrying it through and your sanctification, your transformation Mm. to be more like Jesus with Jesus in you Mm. because he's at work in you Mm. is a beautiful thing. Mm. And let's not lose this crucial point before we leave today. We've not talked at all about the consequence of you being changed a fraction at a time on your teammates, on the officials that you meet season after season, on your opponents, when they see this gradual change because you're serious about it. Church, pray for me. Mates, pray for me. Me, pray for it. Go out there conscious of it. it. That's why we say you pray. Mm-hmm. You play in a way that is changing you with his power. Mm-hmm. Then you can say something about Christ and he's passed on. If you withdraw too quickly, who's going to tell somebody else in word and deed mm-hmm. about Christ? Nobody, if you're not there. Mm-hmm. That's why we can't separate them. Right. I think like all these podcasts, you sit there and you go, we could, this conversation could go in four or five different ways and it will, because we're going to keep recording them because we think it's so important. We keep wrestling with these questions of what does it look like to be a Christian in the world of sport? What is, I think what, what keeps coming out as we record these again and again is, is the privilege and the joy it is to be wired to play. Um, and that's not against people who wouldn't say that, but they'll have their own sphere, their own gifts, their own talents, their own places where they can work out their salvation, fear and trembling. But I don't know about you, but when I record these, I sit thinking, oh, I love being, I love playing sport. I love the fact that the Lord has given me sport to do that in, um, which is a real joy. So thank, thanks for those who've sent in that question as well. Do keep sending in questions because we know these are questions one or two people send in, but actually they're questions which help thousands of people to then wrestle with these concepts and understand more about what it means to be a Christian world of sport and understand more, we pray, of the glorious good news of the gospel. So um, we hope that's been you today as you listened in. Do keep sending in your questions. Email us in at podcast.christiansport.org.uk. You can find us on social media across the board. Just search for Christians in Sport. Uh, And do keep, we we say this, we say this occasionally, we should probably say it more often, do... uh, we appreciate when you leave a review for the podcast, it helps more people find this, more people uh, be able to find out what's going on and more people be able to, to engage with these sort of questions and, and get in touch. So do keep doing that as well. We really do appreciate that. Pass it on as well to any mates or friends or colleagues, whether they know Christ or not, who may find these sort of conversations helpful. Um, we want this podcast to be a great joy for them as well. Uh, so do thank you so much for listening and thanks, Dano. Thanks for your time. Um, we'll be back again soon. See you soon. Bye-bye. Hey. I want to tell you about our other podcast we've got. It's called Christians in Sport Talks. It's a podcast with just that, talks and sermons from our conferences, our camps, from anything else to encourage and challenge you as you think about being a Christian in the world of sports. You can find it just like this podcast on any podcast app. Just search for Christians in Sport Talks.